it's like, I, whenever I'm turning it on, it's like, oh, do I have anything on myself right there? Okay. All right. Sorry. That was my joke. That's what I'm going with. All right. Um, if everyone would stay, all right, sorry. Psalms 23, if you want to turn to it, we're not going to be sticking in this verse. This is just the opening verse that I felt like God was wanting me to begin with. Okay? So, uh, if everyone would stand when you get there, if you wish to get there, and we will read Psalms 23. Okay. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want... He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for You are with me. Your rod and Your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You have anointed my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Dear Lord, I thank You for this day. I thank You for Scripture. I thank You for Your light in our lives. Lord, You are amazing and You are wonderful. In Your holy name, Amen. Alright, you guys can be seated. So, I called my wife out. She came in here and she just said, focus. Because you know I can, I can go down rabbit trails really easily. One, because I love scripture and sometimes little things pop in my head that, oh, I forgot to add that. And then I go on a rant because, you know, it's not, it's not in here. It's not diagrammed in there for myself. And I just kind of fly off the handle. Um, because I love scripture. Scripture is beautiful. Scripture is amazing. It, uh, it, 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 uh, it breathes into our life. It strengthens us. It brightens us. It renews us. Uh, I can't tell you how many times I tell this to my students that they just need to find a way to get Scripture in their life any way possible. Whether it's through song, whether it's through just having an audio Bible play constantly when you're around it. You know, bask yourself in this light that we have. Um, So this message... Uh, Pastor Clay asked me about a month ago to do this message, and this is the first idea that popped in my head, and it's the only idea that's popped in my head. And as we've gotten closer, and especially going through this week, I'm regretting doing this message, mostly because we've had a really dark week. You know, had a really dark week in this community of Lindsay, but God had this message set way before we knew anything was in place. Before we knew anything was going, we had it. So, um, I, don't, I don't even have this scripture. You know, I forgot this one. Okay, never mind. I'm not going to do that. Rehash. I actually, sorry, I have two messages going on in my brain right now because I'm supposed to be speaking tonight, which is going to be fun. We're going to be talking a little bit about the ancient beginnings how different uh, cultures viewed ancient beginnings and stuff. I'm excited about that and how our God is way powerful. But does anybody of you guys know why pirates, I know this is going to be weird, why pirates used eye patches? Of course you do. I knew they would. Okay. And I'm pretty sure I've told my students this one before. But 
Some of you guys, you know, you probably grew up that that guy lost an eye, okay? They lost an eye, and that's why they're just covering up the grossness that's underneath there. When in reality, what's happening is they're placing that thing over their eye so their eye gets used to the dark. So when they go down below, either they're going to go get some food storages or there's a night battle or anything like that is happening, they can switch that eye patch over and able to either fight or find their way underneath more readily. They're getting prepared for the darkness. They're getting prepared for what's about to happen when they go down there. Uh, it's basically your eye is getting used to the darkness. Your eye is getting used to uh, getting ready for battle, getting ready for what you're going to do before you get in there. And so, no, it's not a gross eyeball missing underneath there. It's so that they're prepared for what's to come. They're being prepared for what's to go on. Uh, I don't think every single one of them wore one, but if you're, they went down below a lot. You know, because you guys, you guys know, have you guys ever played tag in the dark? Anybody play tag in the dark? I don't know if you know this, but tree limbs coming out of the middle of nowhere hurt, okay? They hurt worse than regular tree limbs during the day. I don't know what it is. It just kind of smacks you and you're just not, you're not ready for it, okay? You're just not ready for what that is, okay? Uh, so I always, for myself, when I started the game, would, would, you know, I'd find myself a spot, hide there for a little bit while we're playing tag, and just kind of let my eyes adjust to the darkness before I started hauling, hauling off and trying to tag people, which when I say hauling off, I'm like lumbering because I was always big. Um, but we're going to be in John 1 real quick. John 1, 1 through 5. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. So you guys, you know, these lights, every single time you have a light in the darkness, it's, it's startling. It, it comes out of nowhere. It's really bright. Elizabeth this morning, okay? We're getting up and we're getting around and everything like that. And I'm in the bathroom and she comes in like, Daddy, I need to go to the potty. And I've got the light in on, the, uh, on in the bathroom, but it's dark in the bedroom, okay? And she comes in there and she's like, no, nah, it's too bright. And she shuts off the light and like, you're not going to be able to see. It's, it's okay, Dad. I'll, I'll, I'll deal with it. I'll just do it in the dark. You know, she's just like, it's startling that bright light in the morning to her, you know? And, and for us, that light that God has in our lives can be startling as well. When it reveals something to us, it shows something in our lives, it, it startles us awake in this moment, this light that we have, this light that can be accessed within us. Um, sometimes I'm startled when I read uh, stories of martyrs. And if you don't know what a martyr is, it's someone that gives up their lives for their, for their faith. And they, they, they shine light and they, they, in their lives. They shine light in, in the moment. Um, one of the stories that uh, I've read, if you ever never read The Voice of the Martyrs, it's a big book that's been compiled by individuals of stories over the years. But one story was, it was in mainland China and... Uh, they have to have underground churches there. It's, I think it's from the 70s or something like that. And uh, suddenly this group of military come into this 
to this place because, of course, it's illegal there to have Bibles, to have these gatherings without the government knowing it. And they're coming in, and they're forcing everyone to go outside, and they lay the Bible on, on the ground or in, the, in one of their hands and says, if you want to live or you want to get out of this, you're going to spit on the Bible as you walk out. And one by one, the people that are in there, you know, they spit on the Bible, they spit on the Bible, and here comes this child. I think it was a teenager. Doesn't do it. Needs to say that child lost their lives. That's a startling light right there. That's a startling light in our lives. Um, uh, it's a startling moment that shocked me when I read that story. Um, my question for you is have you been that startling to other people? Have you been that startling to other people in their lives? Um, uh, John 1, 5, and I like the Amplified Version because it, it emphasizes, and I think James, uh, Mr. Wallace back there likes it as well because it adds a little bit of emphasis sometimes with different words that, that, that can be used. And it says, the light shines on in the darkness and the darkness did not understand it or overpower it, or appropriate it, or absorb it, and is unresponsive to it. The darkness in this world is unresponsive to this light. It doesn't want it in it. It doesn't want it around it. It doesn't want it to live in it. This darkness that we have, these dark, these dark times that we're, we're having to, to kind of live through in these moments, they don't want the light to shine. It continues on down in, in, in John 1, 9 through 13. Uh, there's a little snippet where it talks about John the Baptist and how he came to show the light, but he wasn't the light. And then it continues on down here, and it says, The true light which gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him. Yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he, has, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. The past few years have been weird. Okay, I don't know if you guys know this, but in December, on December 1st, it's going to be three years since I've been at this church I'm, I'm excited that I've been here this long. I'm excited to be in the town of Lindsay. I'm excited you guys have, you know, you guys love me, you know, uh, and you deal with me. Uh, but these last few years have been strange, to say the least, when it comes to this world and what's been going on and what's been happening. And this last week has been even more difficult for the community of Lindsay. Um, I don't know how many times during the funeral on, on Friday I heard the word, this student was a light, this student was um, a bright and shining star, this student was important, this student showed God's love to other people. And that in itself is a testimony to every single person. Now, granted, it's hard for that to have happened. And once again, we apologize for your loss, Charlie. It's very hard to, to have that, but... I was inspired by his testimony. I just want to let you know that. I was inspired by, by who he was. And I think this is something that God is trying to speak to many people is that there's a light going on. Especially, it's kind of funny, yesterday I opened up my Bible app right before I was going to go to bed. 
And John 1.5 was the verse of the day. I'm sitting here and I'm worrying and I'm stressed out about doing this message. Is this the right message I need to do today? Is this the right message? And then it was kind of like, yeah, get your butt up there and do it. It's kind of like what God was telling me. Um, and uh, th these moments uh, of darkness or uncertainty can be hard and destructive to us. They can destroy us. They can destroy people. They can destroy communities. They can destroy us all. Because that's what they do. If we focus on that darkness, if we don't turn to the light, if we don't let light shine in our lives, if we don't allow it to be there, it can be very destructive. They can wrap around us and not let go. And unfortunately, I feel more dark, dark times are to come. The office conversation that I have with Pastor Clay, Jim, and John, and, and, uh, and even Charlie, when we come in and we talk about what's going on in this world, it's frightening. It's frightening what's, what's, what's coming. But for me, I'm actually kind of excited. I know that sounds weird, but I'm excited for the battle. I'm excited to be a light. I'm excited to see what the, the people of God are going to stand up and do in these moments when we don't have everything going our way in our country, when we don't have things that are, that are just right when the, you know, the gas prices are soaring, the, the government's just you know, doing its job. You know, we're, we're, we can be worried. We can be focused on all of this darkness that's surrounding us. But when are we going to start focusing on the light and, and bringing it out? So I don't know if you guys know this. I'm a complete geek, okay? I love Lord of the Rings. I could watch those movies over and over again. I could read them a hundred times. And they're just amazing. One of my favorite moments is... It's Frodo and Gandalf are sitting in uh, the underground tunnels. And Frodo says, I wish it need not have happened in my time. This darkness, this thing that's happening. Uh, and, and Gandalf says, so do I. And so do all who live to see such times. But that is not for them to decide. All we have to do, all we have to decide is what to do with the time that is given us. Every single person here, you have to decide what you're going to do in these dark times, in any dark times. That's what the Israelites had to do. I don't know if you've read from Genesis on, they screw up constantly. Every single chance they get that God says, hey, here's a new covenant. Here's some new ways to live your life. Here's some, some help for you right here. They just throw it out the window and say, oh, no, we'll try to do it ourselves. It's a constant cycle, and it's a constant cycle through our lives when we make these decisions and we do these things. But we as children of God, children of light, have a chance to change people's lives and affect others. We have that opportunity. Um, but one thing you have to, to watch out for is artificial lights. One of my favorite bands, and if you, know, you don't like uh, metal, don't look them up. But they're, but they're called Demon Hunter, and they're a Christian group, and I've been listening to them for years, and one of my favorite songs is called Artificial Light. And what it talks about in there is that there's some promises that this world is going to give us. There's some things that this world is going to offer us, like securities, like uh, empty promises. The rat race is if you are first in this world, you are better. If you are getting more money and doing more things and achieving more than others, you're doing all right. That's what the American 
dream is supposed to be about, you know, is conquering these things, adding these things to our lives. Work, 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 and do nothing else. Maybe your value or your worth is, is in nothing but what you have. These artificial lights that, that you know, oh, it would be much better if I just have a better job. It would be much better if I have enough money to do this. It would be much better if I had these things in my life to, to do and to, to grow and to live. Personal security instead of taking chances in our faith. These personal, and I'm the same way. In our, in our marriage, me and Lacey have, have, have you know, you could, you could pinpoint it when we've had the most struggles and the most arguments and the most hard times is when money comes into play. When those arguments flare up and they come, it's when that conversation of money comes in. And it's a hard time. And, but for me and Lacey, we, we've, we've gone through that. We've come to a point, you know, we've, 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 we've listened to God. We've become stewards of how we do our money. And we're trying to keep those distractions out of our way. And we won't go down the Dave Ramsey road. All right, but, but the Dave Ramsey road is pretty good. Um, I'm just going to put it out there. Yeah, okay, all right. Ephesians 5, 7 through 16, it says, Therefore, do not become partners with them. That's the darkness. Right before um, this starts, uh, Paul is talking about what darkness is, the debauchery, the sinfulness, uh, drunkenness, all of these different things. You know, what is that in your life? What does it look like in your life? And then he goes on, he says, Therefore, do not become partners with them. For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light. For the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of the darkness, but instead expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of these things that they do in secret. But when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible in light, therefore it says, Awake, O sleeper, and, sorry, Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the use of the time because the days are evil. So first, I said we need to watch out for artificial lights. And the second one, I have a question. Why, don't you, why do people not want the light in their lives? Why do people not want the light in their lives? Why do people not want this word to reach into their lives, to speak into their lives, to be there? Because they don't want their problems shown. They don't want their issues fleshed out by God. I... I constantly will come to points where I'm reading scripture and I don't feel like I'm doing enough for God. Of course, we don't need to get into the workspace kind of faith. But what are you doing for God? What are the extra steps that you're taking for God? And I'm talking about a workspace. I'm like, are you shining your light? Unfortunately, you have to be penetrated by light. You have to have light exude from your life in order to do it. And that light's going to clean you out. That light is going to wreck you, destroy you, and rip you apart. But in a good way. Has anybody of you guys been broken by God? Been 
torn down by him because you have realized where you're at in your life. That's what the light, that's what scripture, that's what God will do. And it's hard, but it's a great time. Some more scripture for you. I love scripture. And this is going to tell you why. All right. All scripture is God breathed, given by divine inspiration and is profitable for instruction, for conviction of sin, for correction of error and restoration to obedience, for training in righteousness, learning to live in conformity to God's will. But both publicly and privately behaving honorably with personal integrity and moral courage so that the man of God may be complete and proficient, outfitted, and thoroughly equipped for every good work. So this light, these things in your life, it shines bright. I don't know if anybody of you guys have done this. I don't like having to go, like, I don't like going to hotels sometimes because if you you know, got that black light out and you're looking all over the room, I'm pretty sure you'd see things you don't want to see, okay? And that's the same thing that Scripture does in our lives, okay? It shines bright and it shows us the stuff we don't want to see, okay? It shows us the stuff that we don't want in our lives. And that's what Jesus did as well. He came into people's lives and he showed them what they didn't want to see. He showed them as bright as day what could happen when they do these things. And I'm going to tell you right now, we're supposed to be doing the same thing in other people's lives. Sometimes I feel like... As a youth pastor, I'll go and I'll go visit my students at school and they'll have friends around them and one of them will cuss and I'm like, dude, it's a youth pastor over there. Quiet down, don't say those words. <laughs> I'm like, really? These kids are not going to be able to talk around me. <laughs> They're not doing it. Granted, I don't want them cussing. But it's like, hey, don't say those jokes. He's a youth pastor. Okay? And granted, I, you know, it's cool. I'm all right with that. You know, if I come into someone's life or, or around them and they automatically stop doing the bad things, I'm all right with that. You know, sometimes even over the youth room, I'm going around, I go around the corner and, and I get those looks like, you know, you know, those meerkats caught, you know. <laughs> like, we weren't doing anything wrong, what are you talking about? No, no, no. And so those things can happen in our lives, but are, yeah. but are you doing those things in people's lives? Are you shining Christ's light so people say, why is that person weird and different? Why does that person, every single time they come into my life, give me light, brightness, and love when all I do is anger people? People should be able to say that about you. Next, we need to bask in the light. Bask in and be in the light. Just like I was talking about. We need to bask in this light. We need to access this light. And in Luke eleven thirty six 36-33, it says, No one lights a lamp and then puts it in a cellar, not under a basket, hiding the light, but instead is put on the lampstand, so that those who come in may see the light. The eye is the lamp of your body. When your eye is clear, spiritually perceptive, focused on God, your whole body also is full of light, benefiting from God's precepts, His commands, His law, His word. But when it is bad, spiritually blind, your body also is full of darkness, devoid of God's word. Be careful, therefore, that the light that is in you is not darkness. 
So if your whole body is illuminated with no dark part, it will be entirely bright with light. As when the lamp gives you light with its bright rays. What are you doing in your life right now? What are you doing for God right now? Um, sometimes me and Pastor Clay talk uh, about, you know, sometimes he asks me, you know, how long are you going to be in ministry? And I'm going to be like, I don't know. I've seen guys in wheelchairs get up on this stage. I've seen your ramp, you know. I've seen guys walk up here with walkers, sit on a stool. I mean, I guess as long as I can talk, I'm going to be doing God's ministry. As long as God allows me to continue in this life, I'm going to continue doing it. And so, granted, it may be different. I may not be with youth my whole life, although there was a, a guy back where I grew up. He was still in his I think almost 70s. Remember Snyder? I think it was yeah, Rick Snyder. He was doing ministry up into you know, his late 60s. You know? <laughs> well, I'm just saying, I can see me doing that, okay? Because that's the kind of energy <laughs> that's the kind of energy I have. Uh, I heard one story of a of a guy, he's uh, 75, 80 years old, that he was a biology teacher in college all his life. And then suddenly God said, you know, you need to quit that and go into the mission field. I was just saying. God can call us at any time to do something different. And for some of you guys, maybe you have served in some capacity in the church before. And I'm telling you, Pastor Clay has been up here. He has been urging you guys. He has been throwing it out there for some of you guys to step up and do some extra things. And I granted some of you guys do, and that's awesome. Maybe I'm preaching to the choir. Even Kevin reminded us last week. I was really excited when my youth, this last Wednesday, we had a great Wednesday. We had a great family night. And, and my youth, I literally didn't have to do a thing. I had everything set up beforehand. And afterwards, I was able just to kind of walk around and, and talk to parents and the other adults and, and just see what they thought of the event and see how they were doing. And I got to minister to, to adults. It was, it was great. And it was because they... They reached out and they served in that moment. And by the way, you guys may not believe that, but I appreciate it a lot. It was great. It was great stuff. And like I said earlier, I, uh, when it comes to having this light in our lives, we have to soak it up. If you want to be a light in someone else's life, you have to soak it up. It's like one of those sponges that sits on the counter. You know, you, you just cleaned, you know, all the dishes and you set it there and it's still soft and wet afterwards, you know, and, and my mom comes in and says, why don't you wring that out? It's going to be gross later. We need to be not wrung out and gross later. That's what we need to be. We need to be saturated with this. People need to be able to know that we're Christians. People need to be able to smell us a mile away. See us a mile away. Hear us a mile away with our joy and our love. That's what we need to be in these moments. In these moments of darkness. In these moments of, of tragedy. In these moments of sadness. That's where we need to sit. That's where we need to be in our lives. 
My question is, is to you, is your daily life there? Are you renewing yourself on a daily basis? Are you coming to God, even though it's a hard day, and you know it's going to be difficult, and you know you're going to be tired, and you know we're going to be wrung out and, and just slogged the whole day, did you take enough time to relight the lamp before you put it on the lampstand? Did you take that time for yourself? And if it's hard for you, are you calling people up to get encouragement? The hardest thing that I have sometimes with my students is telling them that they can text me and they can call me whenever they're having a hard time. But yet some of them don't get it. <laughs> that literally, at any time, give me a text, give me a call, I will pray for you, I will talk to you, and it will, I will be just fine. I may be tired the next day, but that's where we get the light. We renew ourselves in that light. We renew ourselves in that moment. Do others see Christ in you? C.S. Lewis is another one of my favorite authors besides J.R.R. Tolkien. The Chronicles of Narnia is amazing. Other amazing books, okay? But this right here is one of my favorite quotes. Look for yourself and you will find in the long run only hatred, loneliness, despair, rage, ruin, and decay. But look for Christ, and you will find Him, and with Him, everything else thrown in. If we focus on Christ, if we focus on His light, if we focus on His precepts, His commands, His guidance in our lives, we will have the energy, we will have the drive to want to do it for other people. If we Dive into Him. Now, guys, I want to challenge you when it comes to that. I've read multiple, you know, I've, some, I've read James over and over again. It's one of my favorite scriptures to read in Jonah and, and just different things like that. The different, there's different books in the Bible that I'm pretty fluent in. And every single time I read it, I read it differently. Not that the message changes, but it affects me differently. Sometimes I challenge other people to pick up another translation every once in a while, as long as it's good, as long as it's focused on the Word, and reread through Scripture with one of those. Other ones. It shows you something different. Sometimes I even go back to the King James Version just to kind of renew myself remembering when I was in my Mamma and Papal's old church, and that's the only thing the preacher preached from was that either that new King James or that King James Bible. Sometimes I need that, those these and thous to kind of bring out that poeticness of when you're reading Psalms. Sometimes we need to renew how we read Scripture. I'm a nerd when it comes to the Bible. I just, I just am. I like listening to podcasts where they talk. Literally, I, I'll listen to three hours of podcasts, and the one Scriptures they were reading was Genesis 1, 1, and 2. It was literally the only thing they were talking about and how beautiful and amazing and the importance of that those verses were to the beginning of Scripture. Now, I'm not saying every single one of you guys are going to do that. 
but restart your joy in the light. Restart your joy in Scripture. Find a different way to listen to it. Listen. Bask in Him. Bask in, in God. Bask in His light. Renew yourself daily. Renew yourself. And do not, I always tell my students this one, don't beat yourself up if you miss a day. Don't beat yourself up if you miss a day with, with God. Or you mess up during the day. And maybe you don't shine the light. You know, the, uh, I think it was yesterday, we were at Orr Family Farm, and, and I'm standing down, we've got this big old long slide, and I don't hear the guy up at the top, you know, and he's yelling at me to get out of the way because I'm standing at the end of, the, end of this, you know, big old slide. And I'm like, oh, man, I must have felt like I was a jerk there. You know, because I was just standing in the middle of the way. I'm not listening. You know, eventually Lacey has to tell me, move. And he wants you to move back or something like that. Or someone else said it. And, and granted, when I got up there, I said, dude, I'm sorry. I didn't hear you. You know, I'm, I apologize for that. I didn't want to be a jerk. You know, sometimes we have to apologize for moments where we're not thinking. And we're not the light. And that shines light even more. When we do these things and we, we show people that, we can screw up, but we can still be the light. Miss Lois, do you have an invitation song for us? Um, in this moment, if you need to come up and pray, or need to come up and talk to me, or if you're not comfortable talking to me, we have our deacons spread throughout, and they're gracious enough to come and speak to you. Um, we'll just take this time of prayer and reflection in our lives. I'll pray real quick and then I'll pray. Lord, I thank you for this day. I thank you for the strength you give us. Lord, you are amazing and you're awesome. Lord, I thank you for your scripture and I thank you for the fervor that you give in my life.